You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. Hello everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Peasley. Y'all, it is so cold outside. And let, let us preface by cold, we mean like... Oklahoma cold. Oklahoma cold. So anywhere from like... Well, the... the also, this expression is wonderful, but like the, the feels-like temperatures are anywhere from like the 20s to the 40s, but like that's cold to us. Oh, no. Fucking on my birthday, because fuck me, I guess, it was like 70, but then uh, on the day when I was going to celebrate my birthday, it was like four. Like the feels snowing. The feels like was four. <laughs> Yeah, and it was also snowing. It was also snowing. Which, like, it was, it looked nice, like, once it was all done. Yeah. Because it was that really pretty, like, Christmassy, like, Norman Rockefeller type. Yeah. You know, where it's, like, all thick and white and, like, piled up, and there's, like, pretty flurries. That's because it was actually snow this time and not yeah, ice. But and also, not just sleet, freezing rain. To ice, all of so. my winter babies out there, I know that you can attest. It fucking sucks when it snows on your birthday. Unless the I'm people sure actually does. like snow. And to all of our and to all of our southern hemisphere listeners, happy happy summer. Yeah. I you. wish I was you right now. Uh, <laughs> but it, since it's so cold, we've been all like cozied up in the house, hibernating, ma- making ramen. And yeah, soup. Lots I was gonna say ramen. soup, but specifically yesterday I made ramen. So I mean, ramen is a soup. It is, but should we debate the validity of like? No, that's not the purpose other, of this episode. Other, <laughs> like what could be classified as soup? No, the purpose of this episode is to talk about what ch- is classified as celestials. Oh boy! Um, I mean, I say that like you didn't. Like, yeah, like, I, I told you guys. <laughs> Like, what, three weeks ago, that I, two or three weeks ago, that I don't know the passage of time, that I was I'm, going to be met back with more Celestials. I mean, I am. You could have just always done the, like, Lou and bait and switch and be like, yeah, we'll talk about this next time, and then just completely pivot and do something completely different. Hey, Lewin. What? Where's Elves Part 2? What? I have no idea what you're talking about. So, since last time uh, we began with the Asamon, uh, which are the lawful good Celestials, the angels, that kind of thing, we're going to continue to the neutral good Celestials, the Gardenals. Ooh. Gardenal. Yes, the Gardenals. So, the Gardenals were first mentioned in one of TSR's only card games in the world of D&D, Blood Wars. <laughs> now, Blood Wars was released in... I don't know why I find that name so funny. <laughs> Blood Wars was released in 1995, and it was set in D&D's Planescape setting. Okay. Uh, Blood Wars is actually a really interesting subject in and of itself, but because it involves more fiendish beings than anything else, we're going to save that episode for later. Okay. 
I mean, given the name, yeah. you know, it sounds more fiendy. Than- well, yeah, but it also did include a lot of celestial things, and a lot of celestial subjects were first introduced in Blood Wars, but... Mm-hmm. So, Gardenals are from the neutral good plane of Elysium. Um, in other editions, it's called the House of Nature, but it's th- that's just different, you know, the planar systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's Elysium. They're expanded on from their descriptions from the card game in 1995's Planescleek... Right off to a great start. 1995's Planescape Monstrous Compendium Appendix 2. Jesus. That is a mouthful. Yes. I know we've talked about the names before, probably, like, a lot, but, like, come on. Planescape Monstrous Compendium Appendix 2. Say that, like, five times fast. No. Okay. I was, like, about to, and then I was like, no. I don't need to hear that. So, they're described as resembling beautiful, muscular humans with noticeable animal traits. A thick, lion-like mane of hair. Yes. A flat, muzzle-like nose and mouth, or paw-like hands. You know, the image is not what I would consider beautiful. Yeah, I it's mean... It's very bestial and not human. I can think of a contingent of people on the internet that disagree with so, you. So, actually, you're both right. <gasps> yes. So, in most art that I've looked at, I mm-hmm. will say that the human features are completely downplayed. Gardenals are straight-up furries. Yes! Anthropomorphic celestial beings. Y'all, furries really do go to heaven. <laughs> That's beautiful. Also, um, like separate separate from the whole like jokes about furries, I I'm enjoying the like persistent use of the word muscular to describe these different celestials. All celestials are buff as fuck. Just deal with it. Which like I mean that kind of like I think that's fun because like I think the the image that a lot of people have in their heads of like angels is very wayfish almost. Yeah. But I think that the per- the persistent use of the word muscular is funny. Yeah. Also furries. So in meta, the gardenals are described as having variations in how animal they look. So some of them do look like they have these bestial, terrifying human features, like elongated humanoid faces that come to like a beak and stuff like that. But then some of them are just cat girls. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Even the beak, it's like, that's not human. That's... Yeah. Well, <laughs> well apparent- That whole thing takes away from the human face. It's well, like, okay, it's I will say, beak. there are some that are also described as straight up just looking like satyrs because they have a human face and then... Like goat horns. Yeah. Also, as we <laughs> discussed in the Kenku episode, apparently even if you have a beak, you can pass as human sometimes. So, Hey, like, you know what... I guess it doesn't really matter. So, individuals vary in the degree to which the animal features dominant. Some servitals, for example, look like satyrs, while others seem almost human except for the curling horns on their heads. Gardenals who dwell in the beastlands are are the most animalistic, often moving about on all fours, which most other gardenals consider undignified. (laughs) That's that's funny. Yeah. Actually. The appendix goes on to explain that Gardenals aren't a numerous race, even compared to the Eladrins and the Archons. So there's not that many of them? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. In Elysium, they live in small groups, watching the upper layers for any signs of trouble or roaming the magnificent lo- landscapes in nomadic hands. 
which what? that's a direct quote. I'm going to assume that means her- that's supposed to say herds. Nomadic um, hands. Hands like the the like the appendages. Yeah. I'm wiggling my fingers. Nomadic hands. I'm gonna go with nomadic herds is what it was supposed to say because. I love you, D&D, but TSR had a lot of typos in their releases. There have been... Okay, so apparently Nomadic Hands is, like, a existing, like, not not corporation, but in that same vein uh-huh. thing, because I just Googled it to see if that's an alternate definition of the word hands, maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just going to go with Hertz. Uh, so the Cardinals also hate evil, Maybe more so than any other kind of celestial, and they refuse to abide by it. Do not bring your bullshit to Elysium because they will fucking strike it down. Nice. <laughs> okay, and I'm going to interpret that as that as it being because they are neutral good, so their only their only loyalty is to goodness as opposed to like lawful good. Where if you're still following the law, they'll deal with you even if you're evil and mm-hmm. chaotic good. Where as long as you're not enforcing anything upon somebody else. Somebody else, then you're good with them. Yeah, good-ish. Yeah. Also, I googled hands definition, and <laughs> apparently at the very bottom, number eight is a bunch of bananas. <laughs> what? I don't know. I mean, this is just getting worse. This is too. This is too much. Okay. So, <laughs> also worth noting, despite <clears throat> at least seven different types of cardinals being known. Cardinals are largely unorganized and completely lacking any real hierarchy aside from the typical lions are in charge that every animal thing ever observes. Think of an animal-based, like, literature that you've looked at. Hmm. Or media or anything. What's in charge? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Hmm. I mean, they are the the king of the jungle, a.k.a. the environment that they're not even actually from. So yeah, I never did quite understand how that happened, I, but I don't know. It's 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 whatever, I guess. King of the savanna, literally, literally. They're, they're from the savanna. Um, I have actually heard that before. King of the savanna. Mm-hmm. Well, it's somebody, a more accurate version. Somebody got it right. So the cardinals don't even really need have any real need for laws. They're just good to be good and content to let everyone do their own good thing. <laughs> That's nice. It is. I enjoy it. So, as I mentioned, there are seven known types of cardinals. Mm-hmm. Mustavals, which are mice. Servidals, which are goats. Lupinals, which are wolves. Equinals, which are horses. Averals, which are birds. Ursinals, which are bears. And Leonals, which are lions. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. There's mice cardinals. I I feel like there is an overrepresentation of mammals there, but whatever. Perhaps. <laughs> I guess reptiles don't go to heaven. Okay. No scalies in heaven. Damn it. <laughs> the Leonals lead by nature, but all the cardinals are of the same rank. None. Huh. So it's like a an, an informal kind of Yeah. I think it's literally just a everyone has their own nature and kind of like, it's like when you're in a group and someone's the mom friend. They're not technically in charge, but they have... They they assume a particular role that makes them look like they're in charge yeah. sometimes. Like, because obviously you're all adults and can do your own thing, but... Mm-hmm. Okay. One of you is the mom friend and does give orders. So it's it's like maybe, you know, 
the you have some in this like this kind of group that they would naturally be like the more warrior types and then you have some that are naturally the more like leader types yeah but it's not like and the scholar types which you're going to enjoy when we get to <gasps> yay so the must of alls weren't introduced until third edition's book of exalted deeds in 2003 mm-hmm. but all the others were described in depth in second edition mm-hmm. uh, for ease all of the descriptions were, are mainly going to come from the book of exalted deeds and other third edition mm-hmm. books just so that it can stay in the same edition for the most part. Fair enough. So, all Gardenals have dark vision. Resistance to acid tin and cold tin are immune to electricity and petrification. Can use lay on and can use lay on hands. They also have a plus four racial bonus on saves against poison, and they can mentally communicate with animals as a free action, and can speak with any creature that has a language as though using a tongues spell. Nice. Okay. All right. So. Getting mm. this applies to all all, all of them. them, yeah. Okay. Uh, so getting into the first of our deep dives into the the various types. Yeah. Also, there's seven of them. Nice continuation nice. still of that number. Oh yeah. 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 The holiness. Averals have the body of a tall, muscular human. There's that word again, <laughs> but with long, powerful wings instead of arms. Also, they're a type of elf. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's actually spelled very different. Oh, it's spelled differently? Okay. A-V-O-R-A-L-S. Okay, so it's, it's a homonym. All yes. right. But yes. there is a type of winged elf known as an Averell. Yeah. I just didn't know how this one was spelled. Yeah, so. I forgot that that is literally how it was pronounced. Mm-hmm. So uh, the face is more human than avian, except for when it isn't. But the, It is often. Yeah. The hair resembles a feathery cowl, and the eyes are bright gold. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. The legs have strong talons and feathery veins. Think like a, um, like a harpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the... Feathery veins. V-A-N-E-S. Um, oh, okay. Okay, I was like, that does not make sense, but okay. That, yeah. that sounds disturbing, actually. Feathery veins. Yeah, it's... Uh, the other kind of veins. Yeah. Well, one of the other kind of veins. <laughs> We're learning just a lot about homonyms today, guys. Yeah. And Averill's bones are strong but hollow, like a bird. A bird. Mm-hmm. So even the largest specimens weigh no more than around 120 pounds. What are Averell's? Birds. What are birds? We just don't know. An Averell is about seven feet tall. Each of an Averell's wings has a small hand at the midpoint. And when the wings are folded, these appendages are about where human hands would be. And oh, okay. Can do almost everything a regular human hand can. Oh, that's, that's good. An Averell's visual acuity is virtually unmatched. It can see detail on objects up to 10 miles away and is said to be able to discern the color of a creature's eyes at 200 paces. That's very specific, but sure. 200 paces. Yes. <laughs> Which really is like a variable amount of measurement when you think about it. But... Okay, but it sounds cool. Well, maybe they mean paces like paces for that, like Averell. Maybe yeah. it's like... <laughs> So it varies between yeah, yeah. So the like Averils. ones with really long strides can see like further. <laughs> That's probably not what it means. Probably not. I'm just pointing out. That it's probably a general assumption. I'm pointing out that that's subjective. I'm sorry. Uh, so Averils have a fear aura, true seeing, and a plus eight bonus to spot checks. Huh. 
They have a fear aura. A fear aura. It's because they're so muscular. Yeah. <laughs> and veiny. Hey, guess what? <laughs> Muscularity continues. Yay! Cervidals are the most common at the Gardenals in Elysium. Their home is Amoria, which is the uppermost layer of that plane. Cervidals take their guardianship of Amoria very seriously and are rarely found elsewhere except in times of great need. Mm-hmm. A Cervidal's body is slim, muscular, and covered in short, dark red fur. Aside from its regal bearing, the creature's most striking feature is a pair of long, curved horns atop its head. Okay, like, you're... Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're... you're you, you, go ahead. Like, you're... They're talking about the regality of this, like, creature's appearance, but the only thing I can think of is Mr. Tumnus. Oh, my... Yeah, the circle has hooves instead of feet, but his hands are like a human's, except for the backs are protected by hard plates of horn. Literally, all I'm thinking of is Mr. Tumnus. So, so. what are these again? Uh, Servidals. They're kind of like goats. Okay. This allows it to use its hands as punching weapons to deliver effective slam attacks. <laughs> They've got built-in, like, brass knuckles. Yeah. Fuck yes. <laughs> That's amazing. They can perform a charge attack, lowering its head and charging an opponent, striking with its deadly horns. Oh, man. So, the, do they all have, like, ram horns? They don't have different horns like tieflings? Yes, but, like, let, let's be creative here, y'all. Well, and also, like, to be fair, it feels like it's emphasized that there's enough of a variance in appearance between, um, like, each garden all. Yeah. So, like, maybe some of them have slightly different horns. Yeah. Also, like, they're, like, servidae, right? So, like, yeah. you know, maybe there's some ones that look more like deer and some ones that look more like antelopes. Yeah. Or whatever. So. Oh, no, um, I just made tieflings. <laughs> A servidal can also deliver spell spell effects through touch of its horns. Interesting. Yeah. The p- horns can also negate poison and disease. So its horns are just, like, all-powerful, basically. Pretty much. It can charge you, cast a spell with the horns, and then, like, deflect but, your poison with its horns. But, yeah. like, hand... Horn, which is more convenient to like? It depends. I mean, if you're charging them, that's true. Yeah, double, double, double attack. Yeah, just like charge your horns up with like a fireball and just like. Uh, Servidal has a plus eight bonus on jump checks. Hmm. Yeah, that's fun. That that's fun. That that makes sense, I guess. So, equinols are guardians that look like. A human with some qualities of a draft horse. <laughs> with some qualities of a draft that's horse. That's charmingly I'm very non- scared as to what that's qualities. That's charmingly nonspecific. <laughs> um, well, it goes on to... Um, I. This is the only description that doesn't have the word muscular in it. Ironically. Its chest and shoulders are of heroic proportion. <laughs> Ironically, the horse people are the only people that are not described as muscular. No, because they're described as heroic. <laughs> its long arms end in thick, iron-hard fingers that make a credible hoof when for- curled into a fist. Okay, that's... that's make f- incredible hoof. Into a credible hoof. Like, it oh. resembles a hoof when you... Okay, that's fun, because hooves are actually made out of, like, fingers. finger bones. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. Like, and it isn't just, like, a random thing that's tacked onto the end. Like, there's analogous parts to Yeah, it, like, you have... As to, like, human fingers. They had a bio... Like, at least someone who is interested in biology on staff. Yeah. 
Or maybe they didn't. Maybe they were just like, hoof. Maybe they got lucky. (laughs) Maybe they were like, make it a hoof, and they stumbled upon something. So its legs are even more horse-like with a long foot ending in a true hoof. Yeah, they are. Okay. Its lower limbs are covered in short, bristly hair, and its face is long and narrow with a long, wild mane running from the crest of its head down the center of its Back. I don't like this. (laughs) I kind of hate this. I I don't like this. This isn't this isn't okay. (laughs) They are strong, boisterous, and generally good natured champions of good. Good is capitalized. Equinols stand just shy of eight feet tall. But their chests are like barrels and they weigh six hundred pounds or more. Oh my goodness. Are you ready for the best part? What? Equinols have a Winnie attack. <laughs> what? Once per hour. <coughs> once per hour. Okay. As a free action, an Equinol can emit a piercing shriek that affects all non gardenals in a 20-foot spread. Okay, like, I appreciate the fact that they called the attack, like, a horse thing, but mm-hmm. that's not a Winnie. <laughs> creatures with four hit die or fewer are stunned for 1d6 rounds, uh-huh. while creatures with more than four a hit die are deafened for 1d6 rounds. Okay. Wait. Okay. It's stunned and deafened. I was like, wait a minute. I just read the same thing twice. No, I didn't. <laughs> a successful DC 16 fortitude save negates either effect. Oh, I don't man. like it. Too oh, bad. Oh, man. I looked up a picture. I don't like it. <laughs> I kind of weirdly like it more now that I've seen a picture. It's a horse that walks on two legs, don't basically. Don't hate. I... So they're, they're all like that, though. There's not like some that are centaurs. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay, because centaurs are a whole different thing. Yeah. No, it's definitely, definitely, like, more, like, horse person and not half horse, half person. Wait, horse person or horse person? Horse person. Okay. Thank you. It's an important distinction. Um, I will say the second edition art was very upsetting because it literally just, like, looked like someone had a human face that they pulled and morphed into a snout. (laughs) And now all I can think of is the scene in Beetlejuice. Yeah. Where he like just like stretches his face out. Yeah, it resembled that a little bit. So uh Leonals look like a powerful humanoid about six feet tall, covered in short golden fur. I mean they are one of the best looking, like Yeah. Ones. Uh <clears throat> I mean, because how many anthropomorphic lions have you ever seen? All it's of them. It's the lion from Wizard of Oz. It's also the lion from Zootopia and the Robin Hood. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I feel like, and, and you know, also, like, there's enough, I feel like, people have perfected the art of making cats into people. Yeah. Enough. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing with that movie, because people have already done it better, but... Like, you know, people have perfected the art of making cats into people, so I feel like a lion furry is going to look good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Its head is feline in appearance with a short muzzle and a lush, dark golden mane. I guess everyone gets a golden mane, not just the men. (laughs) Everyone gets manes. Um, Its arms end in powerful claws, and its mouth holds rows of long, sharp teeth. Nice. One of the most powerful gardenal forms, a leonal is every bit as regal as a lion on the material plane, and as a foe, it can be just as terrifying. It can roar up to three times per day. Nice. I feel like it might be more terrifying than a lion on the material plane. I'm just saying. No, it's every bit as regal as a lion on the material plane. But it also says something about being just as terrifying. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. That was the exact wordage. Yeah, so. My bad. I mean, you say terrifying. Yes. I say, like, 
hey, you want to go out later? So each roar releases a blast in a 60-foot cone that duplicates the effects of a holy word spell and deals an extra 2d6 points of sonic damage. Oh, that's nice. Um, Leonals can pounce and do two attacks. They have improved grab and also a protective aura. Yeah, he literally just looks like um, from Thundercats, <laughs> kind of. Leonals have a plus four bonus to balance, hide, and move silently checks. Oh, wow. These guys are... Leonals OP, please nerf. Yeah. Balance, hide, and move silently. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I think this is yeah. funny, though, because, like, as regal as lions look, a lot of the time, especially, like, the male lions, all they really do is, like, hang out and sleep all day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, and like, think... Yeah, <laughs> and, and fuck. I'm just thinking of all those pictures of, like, just prides of lions just, like, napping. Yeah, and then the lioness is going and... <laughs> and then going and, like, hunting. I brought home meat, you lazy piece of shit. <laughs> so lupinals are yes! wolf guardians who are constantly on the prowl for evil intrusions on their territory. Lupinals are the most likely garden all to make their homes outside of Elysium and assist other beings in repelling evil incursions. Perhaps because of their pack-based society, Lupinals are more lawful than other natives of Elysium. But they're not lawful good. They're still neutral good. Yeah, it's like that that visual that we presented before. Yeah, being like, closer. Yeah, of like it kind of being like a gradient within the boxes. Yeah. And they're on the, the lawful end of that box. Yeah. So in, they... <laughs> Operate in close cooperation and group activities and in perfect harmony. Even solitary lupinols are rarely more than an hour away from allies. Uh, at first glance, a lupinol might be mistaken for a werewolf with its long muzzle, fur, and backwards bending canine legs. Okay, I mean, yeah, I could see how you would look at that and be like, that's a werewolf. Yes. Yeah. But, but it's not. Um, Lycanthropes are savage and animal-like, and lup lupinols are intelligent, regal, and poised. Um, they have a fear aura, and when a lupinol howls, every creature within a 600 feet radius who can hear it must make a will-saving throw. And if they fail, they're panicked for 46 rounds. 600 feet? Yes. Dang. That's, that's fun. I like, I like these kind of... Abilities that they have that are based around, like, different animal yeah. cries. That's fun. Uh, they have an improved grab. They have an ability to trip someone as a free action, which is something that they have in common with wolves. <gasps> moon, moon. <laughs> okay, moon, sorry. Moon. I'm not referencing the actual meme. I'm referencing a character from a campaign, that we, our last campaign. Yeah. One of our characters had a dog that we nicknamed Moon Moon because he was stupid. <laughs> You said trip, and I was just like, oh, moon moon. Because I remember all those times Travis was like, okay, roll the trip. So, I'm sorry. Um, Lupinals can dodge missiles, which is basically advanced deflect arrows. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Why only them? Because or they're why, wolves? Or why I, them in I particular? Don't, I, I don't know. Um, Lupinals can also... Detect approaching enemies, sniff out hidden foes, and track by sense of smell. They're wolves. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's just a wolf thing. That, that makes sense. Yeah. So, Mustavals. Do they come from Mustafar? No. They're freaking mice. They're slim humanoid creatures with an elongated snout, tufted ears, and furtive eyes of a ferret. Aww. It has slender limbs with white fur covering its little body and pink eyes. 
Are they not muscular? No. Okay. No, these are. Like... I was I was thinking that maybe these wouldn't be muscular because yeah. they're mice. Although the least powerful of the cardinals, oh rip, mustavals nevertheless are unstinting foes against evil. How they... big are they? Oh, like... I'm getting there. Oh shit. <laughs> They're well here. They stand <laughs> two feet tall and weigh thirty pounds. Oh, babies! Three babies. Aww. Uh, they serve greater celestials as spies, and they often aid humanoid heroes by delivering information about powerful evil creatures. Oh, nice! That's fun. And um, these are by far the cutest ones that I have looked they're at. They're fucking adorable. I mean, I thought the I thought the. Uh... Lupinols looked very nice too. I mean, they they weren't horrifying. They were good. Just these are cute. They are cute. They've been known to work for Mister before. <gasps> nice. So they are the only Gardenol variety not to be represented by the five companions of Talisid, which I will delve into that later. And some of them harbor some resentment over that fact, but others regard as a simple oversight to be corrected very soon. <laughs> oh man. That's fine. They'll they'll notice us eventually, right? That's right, exactly guys? what I picture. <laughs> so most of alls are agile and seldom remain still for long. They are clever and um, can easily keep their animal features concealed when dealing with other creatures. I assume like they probably just disguise themselves as like halflings. Yeah, because they're so little. They're so or they can probably just like wrap themselves up in a like cloak enough to where you see like the eyes and yeah, that's don't about think it. Much of it. Mm-hmm. So when moving, a uh, must of all can take a move action and a standard action at any point during the move. So the, I guess this was specific to third edition. I'm yeah, because sure. that just sounds kind of like yeah how it is. Yeah, I was like you. Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> So they have a plus four bonus on climb and listen checks, and that's about it. Aww. They're rogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah, are. the rogue. Rogue spies. The rogue subtype. Yeah. So um, Ursinals are large bipeds that have distinctive bear-like attributes. Uh-huh. Its body is covered with fur that varies in color from light gold to red and golden brown. The hair grows thick and long on its forearms, back, and lower legs, but thin and fine on its torso and face. Its face, which has a pronounced muzzle and high-set ears, bears a kind expression. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Thanks. I caught it. Ursinals are the scholars and philosophers of Gardinals, benevolent and wise. Aw, that's nice. Uh, they serve as advisors to the Leonals and record keepers of Elysium. They enjoy sharing their knowledge... And they stand at around eight feet tall and weigh close to 700 pounds. Jesus. Big boys and girls. Yes. Uh, The advice of an arsenal is a much sought-after commodity. As librarians, scholars, and record keepers, they carefully catalog and sort all manner of information. They're especially knowledgeable about magical matters and have a keen interest in prime material histories and linguistics. They can know, like... Five or six languages. Nice. Yeah. I think that's fun, though, that the bear type is, like, they're they're very scholarly. Yeah. Because you think, like, bear, you think they're the big, like, heavy, heavy type, you know? Yeah. Like, warrior creature, but... Some view Ursinals as intrusive busybodies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I could see that, too. Probably. But most of their advice is strikingly accurate and always well-intended. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> they have an uncanny dodge, and while in, on Elysium, Ursinals 
can react to danger before their senses would normally allow them to do so. That's very interesting that they have uncanny dodge and mm-hmm. not like the most of alls. Uh, they lose this ability while on other planes. Okay. So it's interesting. Okay. All right. All right. But th- I think that's interesting because I feel like if you're going to pick any one of them to give uncanny dodge to, it would be the tiny rogue mice spy people. Anyway, that's that's interesting. So as I mentioned, they have no hierarchy, but they do have a protectorship. Talisit and the five companions. <laughs> but I know you're not saying, but I keep hearing Talisit. <laughs> No. (sighs) But I'll get to that after we do a quick little ad break. Damn it. I don't even know what a protectorship is. Me neither. Well, you'll learn in a minute. Hey, everybody. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Garden Alls episode. Are you enjoying learning learning about... Heavenly furries. I am. It's been interesting. I am. When are we going to learn about the furries of hell? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't recall any of this information. Uh, Call back. If you like the podcast and all of our callbacks, please consider contributing to our Patreon at Dungeonpedia. We actually have a tier where you can see the reason why we have so many callbacks. Uh, $5 a month, I believe, gets you access to all of our notes, and you can see Travis's fixed over furries of hell. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I uh, corrected that <laughs> Correct in that, that episode. As soon as we pointed it out. Yeah. Sorry, I went back and listened to that the other day because I was like... Enjoying it? Yeah, I just thought about we it. We were talking about it the other day, actually. It was funny. Yeah. Huh. Did we have another one of those psychic moments? Probably. Okay. It's creepy. It happens. It's what happens when you've been... We were also in your town, too, so it was extra creepy. For as uh, long as Taylor and I have. Uh, If you are interested in our actual play podcast, Projectile Dysfunction, you can check that out. And also follow us on Twitter at ProjectileCast. That's uh, something we do with our friend Jacoby. I'm having a great time. Yeah, me too. It's really fun. So you might have a great time listening to it. I'm sure Travis is also having a great time. Yes, having I am to do indeed. everything, everything to do with it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I took <laughs> up that role. It's fine. Yeah, you volunteered for that. So that's uh, on you. You can also follow us here on Dungeonpedia on our Twitter and our Instagram, which is at Dungeonpedia. You can also email us at dungeonpedia.podcast@gmail.com if you have any suggestions or corrections or questions or. I mean, really anything. We'll take it. We'll read it. Yeah. (laughs) Anything. 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 Talk to us, please. We're desperate. (laughs) Uh, You can subscribe to us on whatever platform you use to listen to get notified uh, as soon as new episodes post without having to wait for our social media posts. Also, on any platform that allows these, uh, we would really appreciate it if you would rate us or and or, I guess, leave a review. Uh, Those are very helpful. And also, even more helpful, is telling your friends. Yeah. Yeah, and tell um, your furry friends. I know you have one. Everyone has one. Everyone has at least one. Tell them about this episode. They might like it. Because, guess what? It gives them hope. Furries do go to heaven. They need need to hear the good word. I don't think I have a furry friend. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Everyone does. Okay, well, I'm just not aware of it. Um... Thank you to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. Yeah, thank you, Alexander. Thank you. And I think with that, all that out of the way, we can go back to furry heaven. Yeah. Okay. All right. Protectorship.
What is that? <laughs> like, I'm assuming it's a group of people who protect things, maybe, but I have no idea. Yeah, pretty much. Talisid and the Five Companions are more like an adventure part, adventuring party than a ruling council. Mm-hmm. Kind of, like, they're described as being, like, this group's Celestial Hebdomad, if you'll remember them from the... Um, first Celestial episode as being mm-hmm. in charge of the Archons. Yeah. They're described as kind of being, like, in line with it, but they don't really rule. Okay. So the Cardinals have no record of their origin. They have been the protectors of Elysium for all of the plane's recorded history. For as long as Elysium has known the Cardinals, there, have been, there has been a Celestial Lion and his five companions, exemplars and epitomes of their respective kind. Okay. So, I mean, you'll probably get into this um, more a little bit in a minute, but you would say that maybe instead of, like, formally ruling, they kind of rule by example? Pretty much, and they never tell, like, people what to do. They just charge in and protect and save, and then other people are like, we should be like that. Pretty much. Okay. Um, Unlike the Hebdomad, Members of the Companions come and go, assuming office when they are fit and abdicating when they are no longer fit, just as they please. Uh, Talos said the current Celestial Line has held that position for as long as pretty much anyone can remember, as in most people don't even remember the name of his predecessor. Oh, rip. Rip that person. Yeah. Um, the Celestial Lion and his five friends wander the fields of Elysium, solving problems as they arise and smashing evil. It literally just feels like Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> Except, like, more... More animal. More, yeah, everybody is a dog. <laughs> All the actions of Talisid and the Companions are guided by the principles of goodness. Uh, and the Five Companions is more than an empty title. The leaders of the Cardinals are the closest of Companions, bound by fierce devotion to one another that puts mere family loyalty to shame. Wow. Yeah. So they're friends. They're buddies. Oh, that's nice. But this doesn't include the Mousevals. <laughs> no. <laughs> the Mousevals don't. Mousevals. The, the, the Mousevals. The Mousketeers. Okay. <laughs> okay, you said Mousevals, and I like <laughs> thought you were just making a joke. Nope, that's just me not that's being able to pronounce the correct <laughs> going word. Going and talking to them. Like, oh, sure, someday you, we'll have a mousevole in our group. It's like, writes writes the name of their species down on hand and smudges it. Yeah, uh, you and your fellow uh, mousevoles. <laughs> and whatever, like, mousevole representative is talking to him is just like, come on. Like, really, dude? Really? really? Mousevoles? Come on. So the current... Talisid and the five companions are Talisid, the mm-hmm. celestial lion, who is a Leonal. Yeah. Sathia, the sky duchess, who is an Avaral. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, Sathia. I pronounced that wrong. I literally ha- have written out how, to pronounce, how to pronounce it, and I did it wrong. Happens. Manath, the horned duke, who is a Servital. Mm-hmm. Vara, the duchess of the fields, who is an Equinal. Mm-hmm. Karash, the stalker. <laughs> Aloof and all. Okay. With it. And Barai, the great bear and Ursinal. Hmm. Okay. So I'll just kind of delve into each of the uh, six of them. Mm-hmm. They, they sound like folk heroes. They have very much that kind of feeling mm-hmm. about them. Yeah. Also, Grandmaster Poe and the Furious Five. I feel like there's something there. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that made me think of that. Alternate universe. So, Talisid is a mighty fi- figure po- that looks like a poised nine-foot-tall lion-headed man with a muscular build. He's muscular, don't forget. Also, he's like a foot taller than the average. Yeah, he's a tall-ass lion. I think they just picked the biggest guy and were like, okay, you, go ahead. You, you'll, you'll work. You'll do fine. He has golden fur, a regal mane of golden hair, and dark, penetrating eyes. <laughs> Still, Still not a good enough excuse to use the word penetrating? Yeah. Muscular you, and penetrating. No! Are two words used to describe this man. He wears exquisite robes and absently strokes his chin whiskers with one sharp claw. <laughs> oh, I can see it. He is proud but does not allow pride to uh, interfere or define him. Of course he doesn't. <laughs> why, why would he? He's perfect, okay? Listen to how perfect he is. You would say he's perfect. Oh, my God. Nope. <laughs> I don't think lions can actually purr. But whatever. He is the wisest and most powerful of Leonals. He can't. He has no faults. Clearly, he's gotta. He's gotta have an Achilles heel somewhere. Uh, Talisid regularly travels to the four layers of Elysium, but spends most of his time on Amoria. You know, the topmost layer. Naturally, he often assumes an animal form when traveling alone in the wilderness, taunting unlawful hunters with his trackless step and woodland stride abilities. <laughs> Uh, and also, no, they cannot purr. Okay. I, I thought that was the case. Purring and roaring are mutually exclusive. Damn. He maintains no permanent residence, and this is a verbatim quote. Oh, boy. Often shacking up with friends he has made throughout the blessed fields. <laughs> and I did not put the quotation marks around shacking up. No, really? This book did. It knew what it was doing. Hmm. <laughs> the Book of Exalted Deeds... <laughs> You know what you're doing. And you know what uh, his friends are doing. Him. Yeah. <laughs> a king among Gardenals, Talisid prefers to think of himself as a humble servant of the people. Of course he And does. demands no special treatment or consideration. Man, I'm making fun of him, but I kind of love this I guy. I do too. <laughs> also, I kind of love that it, it pretty much said that he likes to fuck a lot of people. I feel like I feel like almost in this case, and I didn't read this, but I feel like in this case the text is almost self-aware. Yeah. To the point where it's like it's saying all this really great stuff about him, but it's also kind of like a little tongue-in-cheek, like, oh, listen to how great this guy is. Now, now granted, Wink. I, I did put my own flavor in there. I didn't just read it, you know, verbatim, but mm-hmm. it, it it does feel a little that way. It, it feels like it would. So... Sathia is uh, a tall, lithe, lithe woman. Sorry, I always pronounce, pronounce that word wrong. A tall, lithe, lithe woman. Lithe. That's, that's how I read it in my brain. Has powerful wings instead of arms. Flecks of green speckle her snow white feathers. Oh, she's like a snowy owl. Yeah. Her face is more human than avian because, of course, it is. She, the. Yeah, she can't look like an animal. She has to look like a hot woman. Yeah, they're afraid. <laughs> but her hair resembles a feathery cowl, and her eyes are bright gold. Yeah, like the rest of them. Her feet end in talons that have an emerald green luster and look as sharp as diamonds. A numerous small 
birds flutter around her, obviously drawn to her powerful presence. <laughs> she's like, she just always has these little birds flying around she's her? Disney, yeah. She's a Disney she's princess. She's a Disney princess. <laughs> Fuck yes. See, I immediately went back to Donkey Kong and the little banana birds. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like fluttering around everywhere. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're like, and this is maybe... Would or wouldn't be supported by the text, but maybe they're like her, her like attendants. Maybe so, yeah. Like they're just like fluttering around her, and she just like kind of like waggles a finger, and one like comes close, and she like whispers a message to it, and it goes off, and yeah, yeah. Sathia is a patron and used for gifted painters and sculptors. She possesses a sharp eye for detail and has created a number of masterful paintings and wood sculptures. She enjoys time spent with the companions and soaring in the skies of Elysium. Oh, that's nice. Um, I don't know exactly why this one goes into, like, second, uh, like, second person perspective. Oh, hmm. Because it's, I, I'm taking this all from the same book. Mm-hmm. But this is the only one that I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, the only one that describes a y- you. But anyways, huh. um, Manath, the servitor. A six-foot-tall figure stands before you, his head crowned with a magnificent set of curved ram's horns. Yeah, I don't know. Someone was writing their self-insert, like... (laughs) Fan fiction. Fan fiction about this one. Everyone just, like, looked and was like, why did we let him in charge of this? Damn it, Dave. His shaggy fur varies in color from red to gold to autumn yellow on his bare chest, and his large cloven feet are black ash, ash black in color. A wry yet endearing smile plays across his wise face. <laughs> Manath is the newest member of the Five Companions, only recently replacing the curmudgeonly Duke Rannoch. Curmudgeonly. Yes. <laughs> this definitely reads okay. like a like por- <laughs> like porn fanfic. Oh, no. I was thinking this particular part read like the back of um like a, a really, romance novel. Yeah, like a really trashy romance novel. The new Duke of the Servitals feels he has much to learn from Talisad and the other companions. But if he has any doubts about his ability to stand in Rannoch's hoofprints, he isn't showing them. Yeah, someone someone what on the team the had a... Hell? Oh, hold on, no, no! Let me finish. It doesn't get worse, no. Mammoth has brought a keen wit and sense of fun to the companions, charming the others with his colloquial manner and yeah. prancing tongue. Yeah. What the hell? Someone, someone really had a crush on this guy. This one is so very obviously different than all the other, like, descriptions. What the fuck? Damn it, Dave. Damn it, Dave. Okay. Dave, you're fired. Vara, the... Uh, the the equine one, right? Yeah, the equinol. Yeah. Uh, standing 15 no. feet tall. Oh, what? This statuesque woman has a horse-like head. Hi. Shoulders of heroic proportions. Hi. And long arms ending in thick, iron-hard fingers. Hi. Her legs are even more horse-like, with a long foot ending in a true hoof. Okay, like, look up a picture. She just looks like a beauty queen horse. Okay. Also, I feel like that's almost this, exactly the same as just the description of the actor. Yeah. It, it, Except she's 15 feet tall. <clears throat> yeah. How Let's, do you spell her name? Yeah. Uh, V-H-A-R-A. A lovely, or sorry, a long, neatly groomed mane. Oh. Oh. Runs from the chest of her head down to the center of her back. <clears throat> she is both lovely and poised. Behind an aloof and somewhat domineering facade, Vara, the Duchess of the Equines, hides a profoundly generous and emotional spirit. 
Yeah, she does. Oh. Okay, also, the first image that comes up when you Google it, literally cover up the spear, and she looks like a Miss America contestant accepting some flowers. Like she a really does. Flowers. Like, even with the spear, she kind of looks like a Miss America pageant winner. Miss Horse America. Miss <laughs> Miss Gardner. Miss uh, Miss Elysium. Miss Elysium. Oh Jesus! Yep, there we go. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, she's described as like appearing domineering, but like she is so affected by the suffering of others that she like weeps to herself in private. Hot. What? <laughs> Vara. Vera. Vara. Vera. Vera, sorry, adores flowers of all sorts and enjoys receiving bouquets as gifts. Aww. Okay, so hence the the flowers that she was holding in that image. Uh, Her home stands on top of a hill surrounded by fields of flowers. Aww. And (laughs) Vera is seldom seen without a troop of doting servants. (laughs) Including a male half-elf bard with a small golden harp and a female elf sorcerer with a predilection for speaking in rhymes and riddles. I'm going to say that they are in love with her. Probably. Probably. Nah. That can't be it. Nah. Nah. There's got to be something else. That golden harp, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Karash. Karash is how it's pronounced. Has a werewolf-like body with topaz eyes, and it measures up 10 feet long on all fours. Oh, okay. I was like, wait. I thought that... Yeah, I don't... He's the only one described as actually being on all fours. He's the only one described as being lengthwise. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, he has a lithe, muscular body covered in neatly groomed black and brown fur. Also, it is described as an it. Aww. It smiles broadly, revealing rows of sharp, pearly white fangs. Well, that kind of, I guess, because you, you mentioned that a lot of the, the cardinals find it to be, like, kind of demeaning. Yeah. To walk around on all fours, so maybe... Maybe it's a little bit of that. Maybe they don't really, you know, well, think of, of him as a... Duke Rash is the closest companion to Talisid, sharing the Celestial Lion's passion of the hunt as well as his love for the untamed wilderness. Oh, yeah, he's the closest to Talisid. I am entirely coloring this with my own interpretation Mm, at this point. Hmm. The two are nigh inseparable, except when Talisid chooses to enter a populated area, at which time Karash usually opts to remain in the wild. Oh, no. I mean, I feel like it would be difficult for a giant wolf creature to just stroll around and not be noticed. True. That is very true. I mean, I realize that he would be noticed too, but... People that... get hyped to see Talisid. Yeah, but yeah. that's a wolf, like... Yeah. So literally he goes off and, like, does his own thing while his uh, <clears throat> companion goes and sees his, like, exes. His and... best friend. And his, uh, his like, former old flames. <laughs> Shit. God, I can't. He, uh, although sly of tongue and not exactly shy, Karash doesn't care much for large groups or accolades. He adores children, but is inexplicable. Let me try that again. Inexplicably awkward around them. Aww. His ability to remain out of sight, coupled with his willingness to let Talisid speak on his behalf in public, has earned Crash the moniker Talisid's Shadow. Oh, and the Lupinol 
Duke doesn't seem to mind. Yes, he is 100%. Oh, he is an introvert oh, and probably f- has social anxiety. Probably. He's my favorite. Oh, he just wants like he just wants to like be nice to kids, but they'd see him and they're scared of him probably cuz he's a scary wolf man. He maintains no permanent residence and when oh. traveling apart from Talos and companions, Crash is usually joined by a pack of his trusted Lupinals. Oh, I love this. He's my favorite. He's your favorite. He's my favorite. He, he's pretty good. Oh. So, Barai. Uh-huh. This bipedal bear has thick, snow-white fur, eyes like shards of blue eyes, and massive paws. She stands 18 feet tall. Whoa. And wears immaculate robes of the finest quality. You know, I don't know why the, the name is, like, relatively androgynous sounding. I don't know why I expected her to... So I, the, I, the, you know, bear representative to be a, a man. I, I did, That's too. Barai um. is the matriarch of the Ursinals. Some Ursinals refer to her as Mother Bear, for she treats others of her kind with, like, cherished children. Aww. Taking great interest in their endeavors and exploits and fearing for them when they leave Elysian to study magic or fight evil abroad. Oh, that's so fun. So how do you spell this one? Barai. Um, they made a mama bear. It's actually... Somewhat complicated. B H A R R A I. Barai. Okay. Aww. She's very, very pretty. She, oh, that's, aww. Wow, I like her. When not accompanying Talisid and the other companions on some important es- escapade, Barai resides in a, lo- in a great lodge overlooking a small lake, all nestled between four mountains on Aronia, which is the second layer, layer of Elysium. The region enjoys hot summers and harsh winters. During the summer, Barai teaches her fellow arsenals about the importance of living in harmony with nature. In the winter, she, te- she turns the lodge into a college of wizardry, an isolated retreat where arsenals and visiting wizards can study and learn magic under her supervision. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. No, I think that's fun that they made like a literal like mama bear. Yeah. Like, character. I like that a lot. Um, but that is the, uh, I'm sorry, the group. Um, wait, what about the mouse one? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. Honestly, I want to make a mouse one just because I feel so bad for them. Oh, Hey, DMs, do that. Hey, DMs. Do that. Do, do that. that. Hey, hey, DM. Do that. Do that. Hey, yeah, introduce us to just the this contingent of, of furry angel leader characters and then make a mouse one, just cause. No. Okay. Uh, we're so, not we're not high enough level for that. No. No. What is interesting is the the Gardenals and the Eladrin and the Archons and everything are all kind of described as coexisting together. Mm-hmm. And also muscular. Yes. Very muscular. But I will say, at, when I first went into this, it seemed like the Arc... Not the Archons, I'm sorry. The... Um, Asuman? The, yes. The, specifically the Asuman, the angels, the uh, devas, the solars and planetars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Seemed like they were in charge of everything. But the more I have read into it, the more it seems like they are somewhat divided. Ooh. So the... Um, the devas and the solars and the planetars are more closely aligned to the archons than they are the cardinals. Yeah, than anybody else, yeah. 
Um, obviously, they all like get along okay for the most part. The um, on the surface, they basically just they are all united against evil. They just don't want anyone else telling them how to do things. Mm-hmm. Mostly, the cardinals don't want anyone else telling them how to do things, so they get along somewhat better with the Eldrin because the Eldrin are not about telling people how to do things. Yeah, they're freedom and chaos. Mm-hmm. It mostly just falls in line with the Archons. I mean, I feel like everyone would get along better with <laughs> the Eladrin over the Archons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, like, I feel like most people would get along. What I'm saying is that chaotic is better than lawful. I'm not actually saying that, but I'm saying that it's more fun. It's certainly more fun, and I don't think anyone would be remiss to describe like the Archons as being like stuffy. Yeah, you know what like, I mean? Yeah. But I will get more into different people's reactions to the Eladrin in my next episode. Yay! About the Eladrin. About the, the Eladrin. About the Eladrin. Well, specifically, the Celestial Eladrin. Not the... But I'll get into that later. Because that's a whole... That's, that's a, a whole, whole thing. thing. That, like, admittedly, when I, I made the first episode of that series that I don't actually know what it is or when the the next part is, is there a next part I don't even know but I did not really understand the difference it's hard to explain and I don't know if I if I will do a much better job because honestly. it's hard to explain and we might eventually get to somewhat of an understanding of of the difference between Eladrin and Eladrin but for now that's all we have <laughs> Oh man, those are those are fun. Those are some fun like characters. They are, and I I, I love the five Talisman and the Five Companions. Like I I know I started off all jokey about they're so perfect, but then you know they are pretty good. Yeah, I mean they are pretty close to perfect, minus them just looking at the Mustavals and be like, nah, you don't really fit. I want a Mustaval companion now. Okay, but was there an explanation, like a good explanation given for why there hasn't been? Not in universe, but like it's because Talisman and the Five Companions predates the Mustavals introduction into the world of D anD. d Oh yeah, that'll do it. Okay. Mm. Maybe maybe it's just like weird for him as like a lion person. Maybe it's like a lion. He's like, mm, mm. I don't know. I'm kind of sad they didn't do like an elephant one because then it would be afraid of the mustavals. Oh, well, there are some <laughs> elephant creatures that I stumbled upon while I was doing this. They're not gardenals. They're oh, what what are they? Hold on. Uh, elephants. I don't know. They're just I, I they're no just idea. elephants. They're just elephants. Hollyphant. 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 Like holly, like the plant. H-O-L-L-Y. Huh. Apparently that's a musical artist. Huh. We're learning a lot today. Well, that might be Hollyphant. I don't know how they're going to pronounce that, but probably Hollyphant. We're learning a lot of interesting things. Yeah. Yeah. Hollyphant. Yeah. Yeah, it's a woe. Yeah. It's a woe. It's a woe. It's a elephant with wings. Elephant with, like, bat wings. (gasps) Wow. And fur. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> that's not what this episode's nope. about. But go like go look that up because they look fun. That could be its own thing. It probably would be at some point. Probably. I mean, there's a lot of things that can be its own thing. And man, I'm kind of sad that your options in furry heaven are limited. I'm sorry, but that's just the known ones. You can be whatever you want. It's Dungeons and Dragons. Talk to your DM, Travis. 
Maybe some scaly angels. Um, I'll think about it. Okay. Your request has been filed. Uh, I'll get back to you on that at a later date. He won't get back to me. No, no, I'll I'll totally get back to you. It'll it'll, it'll be motive. fine. I win immediately. <laughs> Inside check. I'm telling the truth, as always. <laughs> okay. Thank you guys so Travis much for never listening. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on well, when you subscribe to us. Yeah. On those are those are it. Uh, if you have any <laughs> suggestions. To email to us, uh, you can do so at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. I mean, we take everything there, but, you know. And we take everything everywhere. Yeah. So, like, if you want to request something, you can also tweet it at us. Yeah. Tweet you know. it, message us on Instagram, email us. Send, you know. us, a, send us a message by pigeon. Uh, don't forget to keep spreading the word to your friends. We really, really appreciate it so much. Yes. Yes, we do. Well, I guess... Uh, I got to go process this request. So thank you once again for listening and uh, we'll catch you here next week with another interesting episode on Dungeonpedia. I'm so glad the furries go to heaven. All furries go to heaven. I mean, they live there apparently. (laughs) I've been praying.